More than half a million students are enrolled in Kansas community colleges. That's an 11% decline since last fall, a consequence of the COVID-19 pandemic and other forces. To dig into enrollment, education, and financial realities of the state's 19 community colleges, on the Kansas Reflector podcast, we have Heather Morgan, who is Executive Director of the Kansas Association of Community Colleges, Hutchison Community College President Carter File, and Neosho Community College President Brian Inbody. Welcome to you all. Thank you. Thank you, Tim, for having us. Yeah, thank you for taking time out of your busy day. I know you got a lot to uh, on your plate. So, uh, Carter File at Hutch, why don't you introduce us to the school and just tell us about the latest news in terms of enrollment and what's going on there. Uh, thank you, Tim. Yeah, as you mentioned, I'm Carter File. I'm president here at Hutchinson Community College. It's my pleasure to be on your show. Um, so Hutchinson Community College is a comprehensive community college that's situated in South Central Kansas, obviously in the community of Hutchinson. Um, for those for your listeners who may not know exactly where that is, we're about uh, 45 minutes northwest of Wichita. Hutchinson Community College, as I mentioned, is a comprehensive community college. We offer general education transfer courses uh, as well as uh, career and technical education courses. Uh, we have student housing on campus. We have athletics and um, our enrollment, like many of our, our fellow uh, community colleges in the state of Kansas has been impacted negatively through the uh, this year. Uh, we are attributing most of that uh, to the COVID-19 um, event and uh, students and parents uh, perhaps reluctance to send uh, their students or to come to Hutchinson Community College or to, to uh, higher ed in general. We're down about 3.6%, which is, um, although it doesn't sound great, actually is on the, uh, uh, the high end of, of enrollment for the year. You know, we worked very hard as all of our community colleges did over the summer to, uh, uh, to recruit students because we were so disrupted in the spring recruiting students. Uh, so enrollment's off uh, at Hutchinson Community College just a little bit. And I'll let Heather and Brian talk about, uh, Heather talk about the, the system and Brian talk about Neosho. But um, Hutchinson Community College, uh, we pride ourselves here on being a career and technical education um, institute as well as a, a traditional community college. We have about 40, between 40 and 45% of our credit hours annually are generated from technical education. Uh, more than half of our certificates and degrees are technical in nature. and. Um, so we're very well aligned with the workforce and workforce needs in Hutchinson, Reno County, Harvey County, and McPherson County, uh, as as well as um, as well as the uh, the South Central area altogether. Okay, President Brian Inbody, Neosho Community College, could you introduce uh, our listeners to your school as well? Absolutely. So I'm Brian Inbody. I'm the president here at Neosho County Community College. We're the only community college that has a non-contiguous service area. So we serve Neosho County, but we also serve Franklin County and the northern half of Anderson County. So I have to actually go through someone else's service area to get to my other uh, campus there. Uh, like Hutch, we pride ourselves on our career and, and workforce uh, training. Uh, about 40% of our enrollment uh, is in career and tech ed with things like welding and construction, 
HVAC. Uh, our claim to fame is we have the largest two-year nursing program in the state of Kansas. Uh, our enrollment has been a little uh, more deeply uh, impacted from COVID-19 than Hutchinson's. We're down about 9.5% in credit hour production over uh, this point last year. Uh, much of that is uh, because of what uh, Carfile had talked about uh, people are nervous about coming back to school. We're also, I call it a, a death by a thousand cuts. We're down a little bit uh, in enrollment from our high school programs, but also uh, from our concurrent programs for uh, bachelor's degree prep. Uh, a lot of students or some students are staying home learning synchronously or asynchronously from high school. That's lowered that enrollment. We have a large uh, number of international students that come to, to Neosho from all over from different programs that we're a part of and those students had difficulty coming over to the United States uh, and were unable to come uh, to campus this fall. And so we lost enrollment there and we're seeing enrollment decline uh, in some of our non-traditional students as well. Uh, so uh, in fact, Tim, we were expecting an enrollment increase uh, this fall originally. If you think about what happened in 2008 and 2009 and 2010, um, because of the economic downturn, what we saw was non-traditional students who had lost their jobs come back to community college to be retrained. That's our job, to get people back to work. And so they came into our nursing program and or into our occupational therapy assistant program, those kinds of programs. And so we, we grew 21% per year over that, th that three-year period, just exploding in students and seeing the enrollment or the uh, unemployment numbers come in. We thought, wow, this is, we better get ready because here they come again. And that did not happen, uh, did not happen. Uh, in fact, went down as uh, folks were, I think, waiting this out uh, and to see what was going to happen. Would their jobs come back after the uh, crisis is over? Some of them nervous about coming to a public uh, place, um, uh, you know, exposed to other people, despite what uh, precautions that we put in place. So uh, we typically use the past to predict the future and sometimes inaccurately. Uh, in this case, we saw, uh, is this going to be like 2008? Uh, and it was not. Dr. Anbody, I think you make an excellent point about if you just it, analyze it from an economic perspective, I think you're right. People should go to school to retrain and to advance their educational skills. But maybe the difference is certainly just the health issues, the health uh, pandemic that's out there. Uh, I think what we want to do next is, Heather Morgan, if you could just expand the, the conversation a bit. There are 19 community colleges and, and kind of step beyond Hutchison and Neosho Community Colleges and tell us what's going on out there. Yeah, across the Kansas Community College system, um, everyone except for one one institution was down in enrollment this year. And I think that Carter and, and Brian um, very well described the challenges uh, in enrollment that we faced this fall. Additionally, one challenge we've experienced is the movement of K-12 schools. So um, many schools move their starts back or uh, you know after Labor Day. We had actually shifted our schedules forward a little bit. Um, way before the, the K-12 started moving their schedules. And so a misalignment of schedules and K-12 being in the hybrid format um, or remote really impacted the number of our students who traditionally would have been um, high school students taking dual credit or what we call Senate Bill 155 classes with us. The schedules just did not align and that had a much larger impact than I think anyone could have predicted. Um, when all of that started. The other thing to keep in mind is Kansas Community Colleges deliver 70% of the technical education in the state of Kansas. 
Um, sometimes people get confused with the word technical college versus community colleges, but we are providing the vast majority of workforce training. And so as our enrollment has been down this fall, that will have implications for the Kansas economy all across the state in terms of the healthcare workforce, advanced manufacturing, welding, just about any sort of um, licensed occupation we're going to need to think about how do we rebound from this pandemic? How do we get students back enrolled? What tools do we have at our disposal to make sure that the Kansas workforce has the um, trained and skilled employees they need to be successful? I think your point about a trained workforce, those it all sounds a little scary, particularly if, if it's perpetuated. I think you know, if you think about universities and, and colleges, if you have an enrollment decline, I was thinking of the University of Kansas, for example, they had an enrollment decline as well. And I think that's like a four year hit, you know, uh, that that loss of those freshmen are going to remain on the books for those four years. Do you think community colleges are more apt to rebound? We'll just, we'll just presume COVID is, is, comes under control. You think they'll rebound? I think that as a, as a system that we are very well positioned to meet the needs of, of Kansans and the workforce. Um, I think that it's a, a somewhat um, going to be dependent upon what happens with the health and what happens with the pandemic, how fast that rebound happens. But I think that we proved in 2008 that we can, um, we're nimble and, and can meet the needs of Kansans. It's really going to be about how do Kansans feel and are do they feel safe? Do they feel ready to come back to school? And um, what jobs are going to be there post-pandemic? I, I, I'd invite Brian or Carter to comment on what they think from their specific Southeast Kansas or South Central Kansas areas. If you want to, please go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll start off there. The Southeast Kansas has, has unfortunately had higher unemployment numbers than typically the rest of Kansas. And so our work has been cut out for us here, helping folks get retrained for jobs that are, that are open. And we are, you know, some of our programs, such as Occupational Therapy Assistant, has 100% placement even, even during this pandemic that, are, that they're, they're desperate for uh, OTAs uh, out there in the workforce. So there are jobs uh, open and available. We can't hardly produce welders fast enough. Um, and so, so there are positions open. And the great thing about the community college education is that at the maximum, it's two years. Uh, some of our programs are to become a certified welder is 16 credit hours at the, at the lowest level. So instead of taking four years to get someone retrained for a job, we can do so uh, in six months or less. A CNA takes only six weeks uh, to earn your certified nursing assistant. Uh, so there's a, a lot of faster methodologies to get someone retrained for one job into the next and turn them from a tax consumer into a tax uh, payer uh, in a relatively quick amount of time. And so we're really proud about that. And we have lots of different programs available. That's what I believe will happen is that once the fear aspect goes away, once the actual uh, risk uh, is diminished uh, at when, when, when the virus does uh, dissipate over the next year, hopefully because of vaccines and things of that nature, um, that we will see people get back to work and they're going to need some help to do so. And that's why we're standing ready uh, to reactivate and, and grow in size like we did in, in 2009 and 2010. We were having classes in the library because we ran out of classrooms, mm -hmm. uh, adding night classes and weekend classes and short classes and online classes and you name it. Uh, we are the Minutemen of Education uh, and Women, Minutemen and Women of Education to be ready uh, to start a program tomorrow if you need it. Um, and so that, I believe that might happen uh, probably as early as next fall. Okay. 
Well, Carter File of Hutchinson Community College, do you want to add a layer to that? I, I like your line about uh, Minutemen of Education, by the way. Uh, yeah, Tim, thank you. I, I would agree with everything uh, Brian said. Hutch, uh, community colleges in general and Hutchinson uh, specifically, um, we have always been the, the trainer of, of workforce and um, workforce development. I think one of the keys in the future is going to be flexibility. We're going to have to be flexible and adapt what we're offering to what the workforce demand is and what employers are looking for. But we've always been a uh, kind of a uh, a great choice, or in, in many cases, a first choice for adults that are wanting to reskill because of, of lost jobs that the uh, that have just gone away. So I, the, the answer to your question, do I think we're going to rebound? Absolutely, I think we're going to rebound. I think um, I think enrollment will rebound, but I do think we're facing a demographic uh, challenge in the state of Kansas, and we're we're having a uh, smaller. Uh, smaller college going rate coming out of high school, and I think our um, in many of our counties we're losing uh, we're losing population. So I think we may have to be more creative and more flexible in how we uh, offer education and how we go about trying to attract students to community colleges in the future. But certainly the South Central area, uh, I, our, our expectation is, is that we're going to rebound strongly and um, try to offer the uh, you know, offer the workforce training, the career and technical education training, uh, and the general education training, prepping people to transfer uh, that we always have. Heather Morgan, from perspective of the uh, Association of Community Colleges, do you think the demographic profile of Kansas, the, the decline in the number of uh, college age uh, people, is, is part of the explanation for the five-year decline of enrollment in community colleges? I think that it's the change in the demographics of Kansas and also um, traditionally in good economies, there are less people going to community college. The college going right in the state I know is a concern for the Board of Regents, it's a concern for us and how do we make sure that traditional age students understand the benefits and the value of higher education and how do we re-engage the adult workforce to retrain upskill to um, be able to earn a more family sustaining wage. So those are the challenges facing us. And I think Carter hit on, on the head, the nail on the head. We're gonna to have to be flexible. The pandemic has changed society and we'll have to be flexible to make sure that both K-12 students, but also our adult students uh, and you know, specific, specifically in Southwest Kansas, the increase in our Hispanic population. Um, but just as Kansas gets more diverse, um, helping those different populations understand the value of higher education and what that can bring to their family long-term and, and what that in, in adds to the Kansas economy. Mm -hmm. I, I think the issues that you just raised, they go beyond the uh, each school's uh, board of trustees and beyond the Kansas Board of Regents to the Kansas legislature. Heather, what are some of the issues that you think the 2021 legislature ought to be looking at in terms of the welfare of community colleges? Well, I know one of the things that we hope that the, can the 2021 legislature will revisit is the Kansas Promise Act that was introduced and passed both the House and Senate last year and then was ultimately vetoed by the governor in the height of the pandemic um, beginnings. That program would allow um, Kansas high school students who are going to a community college in an in-demand occupation, it's going to study an in-demand occupation, to have be able to go to college for free. It was a last dollar scholarship that um, was a relatively low cost item, but would open up Kansas community colleges to um, low, low income and middle income Kansans and really help 
uh, prime the pump of the Kansas workforce in the areas where we know we have the most demand. It, uh, Secretary Tolan's out recruiting businesses. And the first thing those businesses ask is how many of a certain type of employee do we have? And we think the Kansas Promise Scholarship Act would have been a, uh, would have been last year if it would have made, made it into law and will be one of the things that the Kansas legislature looks at this, this coming session. In regards to how do we help Kansas recover from the from the pandemic and how do we help um, ensure Kansans have the skills they need to be able to have a family sustaining wage um, and support their family. Mm -hmm. How about the college presidents? What about this Promise Act and, and finding new mechanisms through state funding, I presume, that would help bring uh, underrepresented students to your campuses and just people and more people in general? I think it would be helpful. Well, Tim, I'll, I'll jump in there, uh, Carter, if that's okay. We know this is going to work, and I'll tell you how, Tim. It's because uh, of a bill called SB 155 that passed some years ago that helped provide funding for students to take technical education classes while still in high school. Uh, so uh, there, the state of Kansas pays for the tuition and fees and uh, the cost of offering those classes to high school students uh, because uh, high school students uh, cannot get federal aid. They're not high school graduates yet. And that was a barrier for students to be able to take technical education classes. Uh, uh, at Neosho, and I think Hutch had a similar experience, we tripled the amount of uh, graduates in technical education uh, within a few years because of that uh, because of that bill. So was cost a barrier for people to get their technical education training? Absolutely. And when cost was removed, thanks to SB 155, also known as Excel and CTE, once that was removed, it exploded the number of people who are now certified welders, HVAC, construction people, CNAs, you name it, uh, they came out of that pro that that particular program and out of high school with real industry recognized certifications. So if we translate that into not just high, now out of high school students, but what Heather's talking about, those are in, uh, low uh, wage jobs or uh, low income folks uh, to be able to come back to school in targeted areas, targeted degrees that are specifically needed by the state of Kansas in particular areas because of workforce needs in that area. And if we say, hey, if you come back it's free. There's something about the word free, Tim. Mm -hmm. uh, and when people hear that, uh, they okay, because there's not paperwork and there's not the FAFSA and all this different stuff. It is free if you major in this particular uh, thing. And people start thinking about that. And I believe it will work based on what happened with SB 155. Yeah, Carter File, I think the, the, uh, the program that came to the fore during the uh, administration of Governor Sam Brownback in terms of tech ed was an unqualified success. Do you think the Promise Act will help your your constituents in Hutchison? Absolutely, Tim. Uh, we are, as, as Brian and, and Heather uh, articulated, we are absolutely in favor of anything that will lower the cost of education to our students and that will uh, invite them in and that will give them a reason to come to Hutchinson Community College or to any of the community colleges in the state of Kansas. Uh, we believe that uh, the Promise Act would incent uh, students to come to us and to make sure that we are um, providing the, the workforce that the state of Kansas needs because as Brian mentioned, the Promise Act would cover specific targeted areas that we want to uh, incentivize students to, to go into. So 
one of the community colleges, one of the pillars of the community college, the overarching uh, community college mission is access. It's, it's getting students through the door so that they can have an opportunity uh, to participate in higher education. And I think the Kansas Promise Act would target a specific group of students that are very much underrepresented in higher education now. Tim, the other aspect of the Promise Act that is so promising for Kansas businesses is, is in, in exchange for um, this help with college education, there's a two-year residency requirement. So we would hope that that would help with some of our population issues and our, our rural revitalization issues. And I know Lieutenant Governor Lynn Rogers is working on so diligently um, that these would be workers for Kansas companies or they would have to repay the scholarship. So sort of a grow your own model of how we keep our workforce in Kansas. Mm -hmm. Well, excellent. If it, Let's shift the conversation just a little bit to what's going on on the campuses in terms of COVID-19. Uh, to the, the presidents, are you instructing students remotely or is it, are you engaging in person? Well, uh, th this is Carter. We are engaging students face-to-face. Uh, -face. Uh, we have put in place protocols that are based on the Kansas Department of Health and Environment um, information that we have. One of the uh, most frustrating things about the COVID-19 was how information was changing all of the time and how as information came out, we needed to change protocols. And that, that's still happening today, but we are engaging face-to-face. -face. Hutchinson Community College has had a, a long time um, online program that's very, uh, it's robust uh, and it's very mature. So if students wanted to go online, they could do that as well through Hutchinson Community College. But we've gotten a lot of great feedback from our students that they're appreciative of face-to-face -face classes. They want to be here. And by and large, they're doing the um, they're they're doing the behaviors that we need them to do. They're wearing masks, social distancing, uh, hand doing their, you know, hand sanitizing. They're doing the things they need to do so that we can uh, so that we can stay open, so we can stay face-to-face. Um, but again, it's uh, it is a challenge because, uh, like the rest of the country, uh, we are we are experiencing um, we are experiencing some positive cases, uh, and that always creates uh, a little bit of a challenge on campus. How do we go about uh, continuing to educate those students uh, if they were in a face-to-face -face class? Uh, so we do have challenges, but we are face-to-face, -face, and I think our students uh, very much appreciate that. I certainly would if I was a student. Dr. Inbody, uh, what's the status of COVID at Neosho Community College? Well, we're also doing face-to-face -face classes. Um, uh, we also offer them online uh, in a, and also in what we call a synchronous format so that you can watch the class um, remotely. And we, we did that so that if someone is self-isolated during, um, uh, during the semester, they can still watch the instructor live uh, in class because there are cameras and uh, several cameras in every room uh, now. Uh, so the instructor can teach to, to them uh, as well as the people in the class and then they won't have their education interrupted if they're having to be self-isolated um, for whatever reason. So we, uh, Tim, we, we're still working really hard on, on making things online where possible, but we haven't quite figured out how to offer welding remotely yet. Uh, so uh, because of our high number of, uh, of technical education classes, we're going to have to be face-to-face -to, -face 
for some of our classes, no matter what. And so in those cases, we have taken every precaution um, that we that KDHE has asked us to do. And then we've looked, uh, we're using the guidelines of the CDC um, as well um, and, and doing everything we can, uh, adding uh, testing, of course, and, and uh, mask requirements, hand washing stations, uh, you name it. And we're uh, trying to, you know, we, we self-isolate, we pod our students uh, as much as possible. And so it's been an, an ongoing issue, as you can, you know, can you imagine, um, but we're doing everything we can to keep our students safe. And for those students who choose to come, they, they can still choose uh, synchronous, they can still choose to be an online student, and we have seen a 10% increase in our online campus. Um, so we'd have to have students make that choice as well. So part of it is choice, but if they do want to be in certain things like welding or HVAC, that is hands-on, that is face-to-face, -face, and then they have to wear their mask. Well, Heather Morgan, do you think the, the issue of testing uh, equipment, uh, do, do you think the community college have an adequate supply of that and PPE equipment? Do, what's your sense of that? Uh, that is an issue we are currently working on and, and having conversations with the recovery office and KDHE. Um, right now, the second we might be okay, but look in the coming days and months, COVID's not going away anytime soon. We were talking with Spark and, and, and figuring out how the tests that came into the state Monday, the buy next now cards might work for us or do they not work for us? Uh, how will the RFP that went out Wednesday and I think is due the 21st of October for Spark Phase 3 testing, how will community colleges play into that? Um, the amount of COVID planning that it takes to across 19 community colleges and, and coordination with the state has been immense. Um, we've been, been excited to talk with Dr. Norman a lot and I think that that conversation is ongoing. So the answer is in the long term, no, right, right here this moment, possibly, um, but this is an issue we're going to have to continue to work on. Yeah, I don't think the public generally appreciates the amount of planning and, and conversations that go on inside higher education institutions about how to handle COVID and the, the changing of systems that has, has to occur. I, I wanted to ask you before, in the last couple of minutes we have left, a broader question about Kansas higher education. And I, I, I'm not suggesting that there's anything wrong at Neosho or Hutch uh, Community Colleges, but I'm, my question is, is there too much higher education capacity in Kansas going forward? We believe that the uh, in the community college system, it is the local board of trustees and the local community's choices to have the community colleges in their communities. Uh, we know that the, going back to the access issue, that education has to be close so students have access. We believe that each community college, uh, that's the beauty of our system for the community, from the community college perspective is each community college can focus on areas that their community needs. Um, I know that there is a future of higher education council that is looking at a three, five and 10 year plan uh, for the future of higher education. But we really believe in the local control that we have in the community college system um, going forward because higher education, we know that most of the jobs in Kansas are going to require post-secondary education. And if we don't have it close to home, um, that's just going to be another barrier we have for the Kansas economy. Mm -hmm. Tim, if I can jump in real fast, yes, um, please. I'll give you a quick e example. There's a company called Horizon uh, who supplies Spirit Aerosystems, and they uh, place their new factory here in Chinook, Kansas. And their number one reason for choosing Chinook was because we had a community college. Uh, and 
uh, with Horizon, we are helping to train their employees. Uh, and in fact, they're hired hundreds uh, of people. And that's jobs to the area that would not be here if there wasn't also a community college willing to tailor make the education for the employers in their area. Without us being in the area, there wouldn't be any workforce creation for them and that and they wouldn't have based their, their factory here. Yeah, I think we're going to have to leave it there. But I, I think it's un, unquestioned that, that the value of these community colleges have on the communities and the workforce and, and just the general nature of what Kansas uh, has become and will be. I want to thank our guest, Heather Morgan of the Kansas Association of Community Colleges, Hutchison Community College President Carter File, and Dr. Brian Inbody, the president of Neosho Community College. Thank you to all of you.